Good morning, my uncivilized family. This is Trevor Bohm, your host of the Uncivilized Podcast for another Monday morning solo episode of Radio Free America, which is a kind of a telling idea or a telling name given last week. But before I dive into that, I want to let you know that we had, I want to share a win with you guys, the Uncivilized Nation had its very first local gathering in Colorado. And I just want to share how amazing it was to be around a group of men who don't know each other, who traveled from all over the state, multiple hours, just to get together and sit around a park bench and talk. And how powerful that is and how much I loved it and how necessary it is and how much I missed it and didn't even realize I missed it. But to see these men show up and share about their marriages, share about their divorces, share about what's been hardest about the virus, what's been most inspiring about it, was truly, truly inspiring to me. And just another reminder that uh, how blessed I am to be in the men's work world and to have guys who are willing to continue to show up and improve and talk about their, their lives and their challenges, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, all the things together. And just, just a reminder that that's the way we're going to move through all of, uh, all of this upcoming change. So awesome. I appreciate you guys for showing up. Love you. And I'll, I'll add a note at the end of this on how you can join the nation if that's something that you're interested in, even if you don't live in Colorado. So why Radio Free America? Why is that important? Well, last week I got an interesting email from my podcast editor. Those of you that aren't in the podcasting world, what we do other than this episode or Monday morning free, free episodes, which I just record and post, uh, I send my, my, my episodes with the interviews off to someone else and they edit them. They take out the, the clicks, the that stuff, the ums and ahs, any weird like helicopters flying overhead, et cetera. And I got an email saying, we will no longer be able to work with you after that last episode that you just put out. And then a long line of explanation as to why the episode was awful and it was dangerous and it shouldn't be out and I should know better. So who did I interview? Who did I interview that would create this much turmoil, this much mayhem and this much unrest? I interviewed a man who has 15 years in law enforcement. He's a good buddy of mine named Garrett Tesla. He runs the Squadron podcast, which you might have caught me on. Uh, he and I started that years ago, and then he took it over. He's been in this game for a long time. And I asked him what we need to do. Actually, I asked him a number of questions about police brutality, about defunding, about uh, immunity, about, and then the big question, like, what do we do? What do we do to mend the, the gap or the discord between certain communities and law enforcement? And his answer obviously wasn't appreciated by my editor in any right, in any capacity. Uh, it actually pissed her off enough to fire me as a client. And so I'm going to still post that episode because I still stand by it. I understand that hearing anyone's perspective that's different than yours is challenging and yet, you guys, I'm just going to fall back on the belief that until we can get all sides of a story, we can't change the story. And so if I want to change police brutality or police you know, misconduct or whatever it is, then I think I'm going to need to talk to the people who are affected by it and the people who are perpetrating it or, or who are also involved in it. So I want to know from the communities that receive the highest amount of police issues, and I want to talk to the fucking police. Seems to make sense to me. 
And I want to take both of those opinions and find out what's in the middle, what's the common ground, and how they can work together. This was not, this was not okay. Uh, and that's okay. It's, it's indicative to me of a trend that I, I'm seeing that's concerning. But also, this woman has free will. Her company has free will. They're allowed to not work with someone like me. But the, the challenging trend is people not looking for the truth. I don't know what that beeping is. Um, anyway, keep going. I'm in a Airbnb in Mammoth, by the way. So I'm not in Denver, but something just beeped. But moving forward, people aren't really looking for the truth, are we? And there's a, there's a great Joe Rogan episode where he interviews Jonathan Haidt, if you want to go find that. And hear how Jonathan Haidt's saying that in academia, one of the big shifts that's come is we're not searching for the truth anymore. We're not even interested in the truth. We're interested in winning. And we're interested in winning social claims. We're interested in winning social ideas. But we're not looking at fact and we're not taking into consideration anything that would go against our stance. Thus why on the podcast, I love to get people outside of my echo chamber and outside of most people's echo chambers, which is why we have really unique guests. But let's circle this back to the truth. Why don't we try to find and solve for the truth? I think if we keep doing that, we'll actually make change. But then I actually had to ask this question too. What if people aren't after the truth? What if the truth is actually going to fuck up their stance? Or make them have to change their stance and go, oh, maybe my stance is emotionally based and it's popular and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, movement and uh, energy behind it. God, I must just latch onto that without, without asking if it's true or not, which is dangerous. So I, I hope that perhaps when some of the, uh, God, who fucking knows when it's going to calm down with the virus, with the election, with social unrest, we'll actually get back to the truth. But I digress. This episode is not about all of that. This episode is about anger. Anger is one of the most important emotions I know. And it's also one of the most misunderstood emotions I know, especially with men, especially in relationship. And I can remember about five years ago uh, when I did my very first Robert Masters workshop. With, I think I've told you guys, like I thought would be a lecture but was actually eight guys in a yurt for five days, like screaming, crying and punching pillows. And that wasn't what I was prepared for, but that's what it was. Uh, and I remember being in there and telling Robert and the group that um, I had been in a relationship where when it ended, the woman said, you know, I was really, really terrified of you. And I went, what, what are you talking about? Like there wasn't, like we didn't have outbursts. I'm not like punching holes in walls or yelling or screaming or doing the classic like angry things. And she said, yeah, you always denied that you were angry. You always say to me like, look, I'm not angry, but I could sense it and I could feel it. And I was like, Robert, like, what am I supposed to do about this? You know, like, come on now. I wasn't angry. He goes, okay, everybody circle up. Traver, you go in the middle and I want you to sit on a cushion and I want you to talk to the cushion in front of you like it's someone that you're very angry with. So he's like, conjure up a, a, like an image. This is like gestalt work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to think about my ex-wife's attorney, her divorce attorney. And he's like, all right, talk to him. And I started laying into this guy, telling him I was going to kill him, like all the shit I was going to do. And you know, I didn't really get what I thought was that mad. 
but the, the verbiage was mad, right? Like these aren't things that you want to say at the dinner table or at church. And so the exercise ended and Robert asked the other men in the room, like, how did you feel? Like, were you intimidated? Were you scared? Were you like, could you sense that he was angry? And one by one, they went around like, yeah, you know, the words were this, but I felt fine. I could sense that, you know, there was a little bit of anger, but blah, blah, blah. And then we get to this one guy in the back who was sitting behind me. And I can tell that he's visibly shaken. And Robert can tell. He's like, what about you? It seems like you've had a reaction to this. And the guy's like, I was fucking uncomfortable and terrified and scared and my hand's shaking and my body's not okay. And I, and I went, wow, what, what, did you, what, did you, what did you pick up on that nobody else did? And he said, I watched the back of your neck get bright red and then stay bright red. And so I could sense that there was anger in you that you weren't allowing to come out and anger in you that you were visible, like actually denying verbally saying like, I'm not angry, but I could feel it. And it made me not trust you. And I went, holy shit balls. Every time I've denied being angry when I was angry, broke trust, especially with a woman who could sense that I was angry. And I thought about how many men I've talked to now and worked with who go, I'm not, I'm not angry, I'm not fucking angry, right? Like that's the, the classic, <laughs> the classic angry sentence. I'm not fucking angry. I'm fine. And so I started thinking about this and then Robert went on to explain the difference between clean anger and unclean anger and how clean anger, anger that actually runs through our hearts and guys, listen to this. This is the key part, the key piece of this. Anger that runs through our hearts, so it still has empathy, care, compassion, kindness in it, is wildly important to build trust. Because the partner we have, male or female, knows that we're angry. They can sense that we're angry. Like, we can sense when people are angry, right? Like, come on. I know something's bothering you. Tell me. So when we can put words to it, when we can name it, we can say, yeah, I'm really angry but keep our hearts engaged or even say something. You had us do this exercise where we had to say to each other, stop. And we had to say it from our hearts and not from our hearts. And I was like, Oh God, this isn't going to fucking work. Like how, how, how is anybody going to tell the difference? But I'll tell you guys, I could. And when men said stop with their hearts open and engaged, the whole room would go quiet. But when they didn't, when it was just like, stop, and it was angry and aggressive or aggressive and, and missing the heart. It just agitated everyone around us and made us want to be more combative. So think about that too. That clean anger actually brought the energy of the room down. Anger that didn't come through the heart, which is aggression. It's tyrannical. It's not empathetic. It's unnamed. It's denied. It not only breaks the trust, but it increases the, the tension in the room, right? Like when a guy would say stop to me, not through his heart, I'd want to meet that with more force. Like, fuck you. No, fuck you. But when it did come through his heart, it literally stopped me and calmed me and put me, put, and had me rest or had me relax actually is the word to use. So think about this. One, unnamed anger is known. Let's just make that sentence. Unnamed anger is known. So you're not, you're not hiding anything by saying you're not angry. 
you're actually stuffing it down. And if you've listened to anything that I've ever said, you know, that which we suppress comes out sideways. So here's an exercise perhaps for the week is to actually name your emotions, especially when dealing with a partner. It's like, yeah, I'm really fucking angry right now. I'm really frustrated. God, that, may, that disappoints me. It makes me sad, especially though around anger. And say, I'm really angry because, and then hold that, own that. It's okay to be angry. I think so much the shadow side of anger is what men are afraid of. Like we're afraid of suddenly waking up with like holes punched in the walls and shit broken and having said things that we never wanted to say. So we just stuff the anger down or anger is shamed ahead of time. Like, don't you get angry? Like we heard that as kids or we heard it as young people or in relationship. It's like anger is, is unacceptable. You can just never, like, you just got to be some Zen human all the time. So try that this week, guys. Like name your emotions, especially around anger. Ask yourself, what would it, my anger look like if it got to come out through my heart? Right? Anger is a beautiful emotion at creating distance, at holding boundaries. Right? If someone breaks into our house, we get to be angry. If someone violates our boundaries, we get to be angry. That's how we protect ourselves. So clean anger is an act of self-love. Clean anger in a relationship is also an act of self-love. It's an act of love for the relationship and saying, hey, I'm going to let this out now in a clean fashion where it can go, it can have its full cycle, a start, a middle, and an end. And then it's not going to manipulate my behavior three hours from now. I'm not going to be passive aggressive or pokey or like do some stupid shit or have to numb it. So give that a try. Let that be your, your, uh, your meditation for the week or your exercise for the week is to name your emotions when you're feeling them, especially around a partner, and if you don't have a partner, practice doing it around, around your house. Just give it a go. Getting more in touch with this and then check in with, does your anger come through your heart? Does it still have a modicum, I think that's the right word, of empathy, of compassion, of kindness, of caring? Or is it a flip that gets switched and it's in that aggressive a category, right? Clean anger is fierce. It's calming. It's protective. It's trust building. All right, enough about that. Guys, if you want to become a part of the nation, please reach out and do so. This is a very healthy group of men. Like all day I get messages from men saying, where are these guys? Where can I find them? How do I find guys in my neighborhood? How do I find guys in my city? We are building out small groups of uncivilized men's groups right now. Guys who have gone through Dave Boyd's leadership program and are now able to fly our flag and start their own groups. But starting point is the nation, right? I have made it so cheap. It's 25 bucks a month to get a call with an expert, a call with me, and then access to these amazing, amazing men who are on the same path that you are. Fuck isolation. Fuck the uncertainty of having to do this all alone. I can't tell you how many conversations in that group I know the guys have walked away from going, oh, thank God I got to share that, that whatever it was with this group of men and be held and be supportive and be encouraged. So if you're interested in that, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the nation or reach out to me or Dave Boyd, Man Uncivilized Dave on Instagram and get in that group. We just switched 
off of Facebook to our own unique platform. So we're not Facebook dependent and we can have all the private conversations that we want. And it's a much, much better experience. All right, gang, thank you for listening. Have a kick-ass week. Go be uncivilized.